series, um, uh, just last week, we started a series on the one another's of the Bible. And if you recall the whole purpose, uh, really over the last number of months, we spent a lot of time as a family kind of looking at our relationship with Jesus, looking at our own hearts, our own souls, mm -hmm. and how we're connected to Jesus. But as we discussed last week, um, what, we, what we recognize the Bible teaches us, and, and Jesus makes a really big deal about this, is that your relationship with him is reflected in your relationship with one another. Your relationship with him is reflected in your relationship with one another. And you may have met some Christians, they don't go to this church, they go to some other church, I know that. But you may have met some Christians who seem to have a really spiritual relationship with Jesus, but it doesn't seem to translate into how they treat one another. And yet the Bible actually teaches us this, that you put Jesus on display by the way you relate to one another. Mm -hmm. Like you and I, we actually put Jesus on display by how we relate to one another. And so as we entered into this series, there were two banks to the river for this particular series that were really important for us as we go through each week looking at a different aspect of how we love one another, encourage one another, forgive one another, serve one another. And there's lots of, there's 59 one another's, so we could go on for 59 weeks. Maybe yeah. we should do that. Should we do a 50? No, we won't. Okay. But there's two banks to the river. And the first bank of the river is this, is that my relationship with others is directly connected to my relationship yeah. with Jesus. Like how my relationship with Jesus ought to play out in how I relate mm -hmm. to other people. And so if you're a follower of Jesus, if you love Jesus and you're a disciple of him and you want to order your life in a way mm -hmm. that, that reflects who he is, then how you relate to other people really is an extension of your relationship with Jesus. And so that's one bank of the river as we kind of go through this series. And it's really important for us. And you, Jenny did a great job of explaining this last week, that, that our love for one another, right, is rooted in his love for us. And so we got to go back and look at how is it that God relates to us? That mm -hmm. ought to influence then how I relate to other people. And so we recognize that that's the kind of the first thing. But the second bank of the river for the sake of this series, and while we're encouraged and we, we ought to be relating to everybody, so your spouse and your kids and the body of Christ right here and your coworkers and that person at the gym and the person at the light, you know when the light turns green and they don't move because they're on their phone, right? Like we should be relating to those people this way, like we should be yeah. loving other people. Yeah. But the Bible seems to indicate to us that where this actually gets worked out primarily is in the covenant community. It's in the body of Christ. And so the place that we work this out, the place where we really focus on this, is in the body of Christ. And as we work these things out together, it spills out in how we relate to those who maybe don't follow Jesus. And so these become two very important banks of the river as we navigate through this. And so today, we're going to look at this little idea of encouraging one another. And I want to read a passage of scripture. Um, and, uh, and honestly, Jenny will speak. <laughs> this is the first time we've ever done this. Yeah. Isn't it? We're doing it's okay, so much right? Fun. But I want to read this passage of scripture. I just look and nod my head. Yeah, that's it. Just like that. I'm encouraging you. That's in my right. Mind. I feel encouraged right now. No, really, honestly, I do. <laughs> but I want to read this verse of scripture and uh, that's really kind of our text for today. And uh, this is what it says in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19 through 25. It says, therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, 
by a new and living way opened to us, uh, opened for us through the, the curtain that is the body, his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with full assurance that faith brings. Having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess, for he who promised is faithful. I'm gonna read the next verse in a minute, but do you see that those first few verses, who, who is it focused on? It's focused on Jesus, isn't it? It's focused on our relationship with him. And, and it encourages us, challenges us, that because of what he has done, we ought to enter in confidently. We ought to look to his faithfulness. We ought to stay faithful to the course that God has called us on. But then look what it says next. Um, and let us consider how we may spur one another on to love and good works, or love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as we see the day approaching. And what, once again, what we're recognizing is that because of our relationship with God, it impacts, and, and actually we're commanded to then love and to encourage and to challenge, build up one another. Mm -hmm. And what was taking place in this context was that the writer of Hebrews was writing to a group of Jewish Christians or Christians who had converted from Judaism, and they thought God was gonna come back at some point Real soon, Jesus was gonna return, but he hadn't shown up. Yeah. And so they're discouraged and they're down. Mm -hmm. They're facing criticism. They're facing cynicism. They're facing uncertainty. They're facing fear. And what he's telling them in this space is that they're to actually encourage one another. And so I guess my question That's is what is encouragement? So what is encouragement? Let's look at this. You know, a lot of times we just think, oh, encouragement just means I'm just telling you something nice about yourself, but it's a lot more than that. And the Greek word, actually, just to go to the Greek right now. Is, You're going uh, there, aren't you? I'm going there. I'm going right You're going there. going to the Greek word. Is, um, the word is paraclete. And what this word is, it's really these two words that means to come alongside and to call. So it literally means that I come alongside you and I pour courage into you, that I put courage in you for what you have ahead of you. You know, this word kind of, you might have the picture of maybe like these soldiers getting ready to go into battle. If you've seen one of those World War I or World War II movies, I love history, so I'm always watching those, and you see just the fear on their face, you know, and I, I kind of go to this picture, I think of like Braveheart, which was one of our favorite movies when we were first married, um, and you think William Anybody Wallace. Anybody love, love Braveheart? Braveheart, I know. Come if you on, young I ones love... haven't seen it, it's amazing. It's my island. But anyhow. <laughs> the Irishman's the favorite guy. Anyway, sorry. So it's about the Scots, not the Irish, but you know, there's an Scots, Irishman Irish. in Irish, they're I basically know. the same. <laughs> Do you want to tell a Scot that? That yeah. Irish oh. and Scots are the same okay. thing. Anyhow, this is the idea of, it's, you know, think of William Wallace on his horse, like going back and forth, talking to these soldiers that know that they're outnumbered and the great, you know, British army, the English army is ahead of them and, and, and pouring courage into them in those moments, reminding them why they're fighting this battle and going it, forward. It's really interesting, isn't it, that we oftentimes, I don't know about you guys, but do you oftentimes think about courage as, or encouragement as being just kind of a, well, that's not, it's like I feel better because somebody spoke some nice words to me. Yeah. And yet, what the, def the actual biblical yep. definition of encouragement is to put courage into. into. So, and it's so that really they can... Yeah. 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 You're going to take my very this special one right here. This is the first time right we've done here. this. I know. Is it? 
So let me just, here's the key that's so important that I think is important that we hear. It's not just saying nice things to you that you get to walk away and feel good about yourself. But it's not just kind words or making us feel good, but it's words that help us take the next step. It's saying, there's a battle ahead of you. There's some things you're walking through, struggling through, but I'm speaking life into those things and encouraging you in it because Jesus is with you. And that's what that encouragement looks like. Sometimes encouragement might even look like somebody, you have a friend that's just walking kind of this sinful pattern. You see a place, they're kind of walking down a road making some choices that aren't the best for them. Sometimes that encouragement says, hey, just step back a second, take a look at where you're headed. I'm gonna encourage you to look to Jesus. I'm gonna encourage you to seek the Lord for what he has for you. So it really does mean so much more than that. And I, I love that it's not just, here's encouragement, we're gonna encourage one another, but here's where it starts. It starts with the Lord. So there's so many scriptures in, uh, talking about this, but God, the Godhead, the Trinity, right? The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit are all in unity together. And what they've done is that they have brought together this beautiful way that each of them has a part in encouraging us. And so I just wanna look at these scriptures. It's really a beautiful thing to see. The way Jesus especially gets to model these things for us, and now we get to play them out with one another. And I I just wanna ask you, if you're at a time, maybe you're grieving, maybe you're walking through something and you need to hear these scriptures, listen to these as we go along. God the Father, here it is in 2 Corinthians 1, 3 to 4. It says, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion. Compassion comes from him. And the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles, all our troubles, not just certain ones. He's there all the time so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort that we ourselves receive from God. Now, comfort in this particular scripture is the same Greek root word of encourage. So it's to come alongside. God is there to come alongside with us. He's not just like, I'm here for the good times. And when you're going through the struggles, eh, you got that on your own. He is there pouring courage into us. Now we need to lean into that and say, God, I need you right now. I need to have you, your comfort with me. So hear that he is there so that then when we have that comfort from him and that encouragement, we then get to show that to other people. And with Jesus in 2 Thessalonians 2, it says this, may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father who loved us and by his grace gave us eternal encouragement. How about that? Eternal encouragement. It doesn't end. And good hope. Encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and word. We have internal encouragement from Jesus, not just what he's done on the cross, the internal life that he's given us, but he's there helping us patiently endure, sometimes walking through that. You know, I think of Isel and Carlos. It's a, a week of really waiting through that pacemaker and that part they're waiting for. And it's hard that Haley is sedated and they're trying to wait for that point where they get to wake her up and get to see some more life in her. And, and it's a hard place to be. And it's just waiting in that moment. But I know God is so close to them right. in that moment mm-hmm. as they walk through that. And then the Holy Spirit, the other part of the Trinity that is with us always. And it says in John 14, 16, and this is what Jesus says, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The Holy Spirit is the one that is with us all the time, coming alongside of us. And he's with us, he's our helper, he's our comforter. And I love this beautiful picture of where we see each part of the Godhead with us and encouraging us. That's where encouragement starts. And that's when we encourage each other. It's not just you have everything it takes. It means I, I know Jesus is with you. I know God's with you walking through this. So walk and uh, step forward. And I think that's an important thing in marriage because sometimes we can try to look to our spouse to be the one that, you know, kind of fills mm-hmm. in the gap or encourages yeah. us. And they do in many respects. And I think we've tried to learn that over 27 years now. <laughs> 
But, but I, I think what we would want you to recognize and understand from Scripture mm-hmm. is that you're to find your encouragement in the Lord. That both the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, all three of them are encouraging you. And I think, I was thinking about this this morning, I think that's why in 1 Samuel chapter 30, uh, you're probably familiar with this, but it says that David was greatly distressed, but in verse 6 it says this, he encouraged himself mm-hmm. in the Lord. And, and sometimes I think we place too great a burden on another human being to try to speak courage into us, to try to help us kind of gain what we need to be able mm-hmm. to take that next mm-hmm. step. When God is saying, all of who I am, we've talked about this so many times, all of who I am is all in on you. That even when I feel faithless, he remains faithful. And so I think the first thing that it's really important for us in whether it's a marriage relationship, a relationship with Mm -hmm. our kids, relationship with family, with people that we work with, uh, people that we do life with in this community, that we got to first and foremost look for where encouragement comes from. It comes from the Lord. Encourage yourself in the Lord. Which means I gotta lift my eyes off of my own circumstance. That's exactly what David was doing. David lifted his eyes over, over the stressing circumstances that he found himself in and he looked to his heavenly father. And we ought to, I think that's why that verse that we read out of Hebrews, it says, with confidence, let us enter. Why? Because you have a God in heaven who's not distant, but actually engaged and involved with you. He's going to put courage into you. And so first and foremost, as followers of Jesus, we look to him, right? Don't place that burden on on the other person. Mm -hmm. Now, God uh, works through people, but Mm -hmm. we have a responsibility, I think, first and foremost. And what I find really interesting is that David encouraged himself in the Lord. And then what did he do? He found himself in a cave with a bunch of disgruntled, discouraged warriors who were overwhelmed. And he was able to encourage them. Yeah. And, and this is what the Bible teaches us as followers of God, that we define courage in him first, our, our encouragement, mm-hmm. right? But then we're to turn around and we're to encourage other people. Yeah. And I know we could be sitting in a room like this and it's so easy. I get in this, in fact, if I'm honest, I was a little bit in this headspace this morning where it was like, I just need to be encouraged, you know? <laughs> Anybody ever been there? Well, the Bible actually teaches us as followers of Jesus, where do we find our source of courage and encouragement? From him. And then I have a responsibility to encourage others. And what's so amazing about it is that as we start to encourage other people, Mm -hmm. we find ourselves being encouraged too. You know this because you've done it. And this is what it says in 1 Thessalonians 5.11, therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. In Romans 1, it says this, for, as I, for I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to encourage you. That is, that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. And I really think that this is the secret sauce of the church. Mm-hmm. I really think that this is what sets the church apart. You, you know because you live in a world that that it doesn't take a whole lot of time before you feel deflated and discouraged and undermined and your faith is feeling shaken, right? Because we live in a world that is somewhat cynical and critical and deals with all kinds of difficult news that comes our way. And where do they find hope? Where do they find encouragement? And so we recognize that we're not too dissimilar from this 
passage that was written in Hebrews that was written to a people who were feeling pretty discouraged, that were feeling they were living under the stress and the anxiety of, of the world in which they live. But, but I, I think what the Bible's actually teaching us, that part of our sanctification, part of our growing to be more spiritually mature is that we actually become encouragers like our Heavenly Father. Yeah. Like, that we reflect our Heavenly Father by encouraging other people. And if I could say this, you know, and I'm not really speaking, I'm not talking to anybody in the room, I'm talking to some of your friends, <laughs> you know, that maybe think this way, but honestly, a constant spirit of criticism actually is a sign of spiritual immaturity. That, that it, it's because we're not taking on the character of God to encourage one another. If we're critical and grumbling and complaining, right, and we have criticism all the time, it's actually a sign of spiritual immaturity because what the Bible seems to teach us is that we're to be encouragers as our Heavenly Father was an encourager. And so um, it says this, I love, I love this verse that's found in uh, Ephesians chapter 4, in verse 29, right? Because we live in a culture that tends to be all about expressing itself, right? You ever been around any, or, well, ever been around anybody that just, they always want to share what they're thinking or feeling about something? <laughs> ever been that? Actually, have you ever been on social media? <laughs> have you ever read through the comment section on social media, right? It's all about expression. Let me tell you what I think. I have an opinion about that, right? And it's like they just dump you know, we can just do that, can't we? We can kind of dump our feelings or dump our opinions, right? But the Bible actually teaches us that we're not to just express, we're to encourage one another. And encouragement right. considers the other person. Yeah. It, it puts others first. In fact, look at this verse, Ephesians 4, 29. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only that which is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. Now, isn't that interesting? That when we think about encouragement, oftentimes we think, I need to be encouraged, but the Bible's teaching us, find your encouragement in God and go encourage somebody else. Go put courage into somebody else with your words. And, right. and here's this verse, Paul's teaching us in Ephesians, that we're to do so according to their needs. Now, we gotta be really careful, as Jenny said earlier, that we don't, make encouragement just kind, fluffy words, right? Because it is, those, it is that, right? It, it is kindness, mm -hmm. it is loving, it is building up. But I know that, and this is gonna sound really strange, some of the most encouraging times in my life is when somebody, a good friend, a covenant partner, somebody, a brother in Christ, has come to me and maybe had a difficult conversation with me mm -hmm. to say, you have a wrong perspective on something. Or, man, you're, you're, you're actually on the verge of kind of heading down a path that's gonna get you in some trouble. And, and the encouragement, the courage, was to actually not go that direction, but to actually make a different decision. Yeah. And so sometimes, encouragement can actually be difficult. They're yeah. difficult conversations, yeah, right? Yeah, definitely, for sure. So what does it look like to encourage one another? And, and, and really, like we said, it doesn't just start with those nice little words, but really, it starts with listening just listening to where people are at to figure out where, what they're dealing with. You know, um, we say kind of, you know, you've heard this said before, God gave us two ears and one mouth. But I think now in 2023, we sure use our mouth a lot more than I think we do our ears. Yeah. Um, I love this quote. I think we, you've maybe used it before, but it's just so good to repeat. Um, David Augsburger says this, being heard is so close to being loved that for the average person, they are almost indistinguishable. So we're not just saying to listen, but to 
to actively listen. When you hear someone going through something or there's what something- What was that you said? <laughs> there you go. I heard it. I know. I think about listening and I think about sometimes I stop and I think the times when I may be not hearing as well and I'm in the other room and you maybe say something or I say something. We're like, what? What'd you say? And then you get mad and now you're like, I said this. How did you not hear it right? You know, and you go back and forth. Well, we, so had, a, we had a great- That's we, more because we're getting older and our ears are not doing as good. Yeah. Well, and I have selective hearing because I'm a husband, right? He said it. I didn't. I said it. In fact, we had a situation the other day where we we were like, I know this doesn't happen in your house, okay? It just happens in our house, right? But but the conversation was ratcheting up. You ever have that, you know? And and it was getting to the point where we were almost like, we were on different sides of the house, but we were shouting each other, not just so that we could hear each other, but so that we could like enforce something that we were trying to say. You know what I mean? I know you've never had that happen at your house, right? And then all of a sudden we discovered that we were talking about two entirely different things. Anybody ever done that? Right? It happens. Because you can be you can be hearing but not listening. Yeah. And and so often, in fact, I think it was really a great a great piece of advice we were given when we were going through premarital counseling is that sometimes, you know, you can like butt heads with each other because you're you're trying to convince them of what you're saying versus actually listening to what the other person is saying, hearing it. And, and, and so one of the pieces of advice we were given, which I thought was absolutely brilliant, was yeah. um, pause the conversation and say, hey, can we reconvene in about an hour? Or maybe it was 30 whatever, minutes or whatever yeah, period whatever of time, it was, maybe yeah. the next morning, whatever it took. But just reconvene and kind of reset the conversation where we were now not, we were actively kind of listening to one yeah, another. We you call know? it table time, was actually come and sit down at the table, not just be busy with what I'm doing while I'm telling him something over here, you know, and fighting about it or something. Right, so. and it, it really means just yeah. paying attention, right? Yeah. So uh, one really good practice is like set the phone aside, right? Anybody ever, you know, get in a conversation but you're actually half time on the phone? Yeah. Anybody ever do that? And How I about just, with your kids too? Yeah, and I, was I think that. being on the phone and, and your kids are talking and you know, all of a sudden you realize, oh my gosh, they're like sharing their heart with me right now. I've got to put this phone down and not be distracted. Be, really be an active listener in that. You know, when you're listening to someone sometimes, I know it's hard. I have days when I'm super distracted about something else and someone's talking about what's going on in their life. But if we don't listen and take the time to actively listen to them, we're not gonna know how to, how to speak life to them, how to encourage them in, in an area. Right. Uh, that leads me, I think the second thing is that, mm-hmm. um, is to, and I think it was Stephen Covey that said this, is seek to understand before you're understood. Yeah, that's uh, a hard one. We don't easily do no, that, do we? <laughs> because, because oftentimes we're formulating arguments yeah. in our heads. Isn't that true? We're formulating arguments in our heads to try to convince the other person of our position yeah. versus actually listening to the other person. Right, And so I, I think it's important that we seek to understand before we're understood. And that's kind of why we want to be active listeners. I, I saw this thing on social media this week that I thought was just a beautiful picture of to kind of visualize oftentimes what's going on. If you throw that up on the slide uh, right now. There we go. <laughs> so you have someone's day, right? You have what you see of what's going on in their life. And so what you end up assuming does that make sense, that visual, right? That somebody might be having like, you just encounter them at a point where they're having a bad, like they're just having yeah. a bad part of their day or something's not going right. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't fully define who they are, does it? And yet so often we can say, oh, that's who they are. And, mm-hmm. and I think it's important for us, and I think the Bible, just as a practical step, I think it's important for us to recognize that all of who we are enters that space. Yeah. 
which means that I'm bringing not just that bad part that I'm having, Mm -hmm. I bring all of who I am. And remember, Mm -hmm. we're created in the image and likeness of God. We're created with gifts and talents and abilities and beautiful things, and there's hard things that go on in our life. And so oftentimes what we can do is we can kind of zero in and focus on that one thing, but when we go in with the idea of seeking to understand Mm -hmm. before we're understood, we recognize, no, this is a whole person sitting in front of me. Yeah, to really see them. And I think to be able to have those times to, to be empathetic with where they're at, so much happens below the surface that we don't know in someone's life, the kind of day they've had or, you know, something I know I can get really upset. I'm like, how dare they treat me that way? And, you know, I think um, just of things that happen in that way when there was once, if you've ever experienced this with, with one of your kids, if you have kids that, you know, sometimes you feel like, every interaction you're having at a certain period of time or for a couple weeks, it just seems to be a negative interaction. I'm having to deal with a behavior. I'm having to deal with an attitude that's happening or go clean up your room and go do this or go do that. And I was having one of those times with one of our daughters and I remember it just felt like everything was negative. And I'm just like, I I don't know, you know, being in the room, do I want to be with her? Because every interaction I have was about something negative. And what I- Nobody's ever had that experience, (laughs) How many of you have teenagers? Yeah, there's just those days, right? I mean, we all have them. We all have our moments. But I think what I learned later was that as I was really just praying about it, like, God, I just feel like everything I'm dealing with, having to deal with her was negative in that time. And what I didn't know and what she wasn't expressing was that there was a lot going on under the surface. There was a lot she was processing inside, but not really talking to me about it. And I remember as I was praying about it, God just said to me, speak life to her. Find those areas and ways in her life where you could encourage her, where I could point out those things that she was doing well. And I remember as I began to do that, it was like at first I have to admit, I was like having to struggle to find something because I felt like I just kept having attitudes and things all the time. But it slowly began to say, you know what? I love the way you are with your friends. You care so deeply about them. And she would always want to reach out for them and buy them things and, and care so deeply. You know, I, I remember saying to her, like, you are so good at organizing and she does it so well in her room. And so she helped me even in our house, she would keep things organized and just pointing out those things that you could speak life to, things that begin to build her up, not just focus in, yes, I had to deal with those other things, but I, I realized there was more going on under the surface. And as we began to do that, I think it kind of brought her out a little bit more. It was yeah, a neat I, season. I think in that too, like we had a, you know, this week, you know, with one of our kids, um, I realized I had mishandled something. Mm. And so because I stopped and listened and she began to, or he began to talk about <laughs> the innocent shall remain nameless, um, you know, but they just began to share And if I hadn't Mm -hmm. have slowed down enough to listen actively and seek to understand before I understood, um, we could have had a breach in relationship that would have broken and not allowed us to move forward. And I think it's really important as parents with kids, and and I know we're talking a lot about marriage and we're talking about parenting today, but this applies, doesn't it, to every one of our relationships. You could think about somebody in your small group or somebody that you bump into church with or somebody that, you know, and all of these truths apply but if I hadn't have stopped this week and, and listened and sought to understand, there would have been a breach in relationship. Mm-hmm. But what ended up happening was I was aware of something that I had done wrong. And can I tell you, parents, I think it's really important for us as parents to ask forgiveness of our kids because yes. we're modeling for them mm-hmm. humility. We're modeling for them our deep trust in God, yeah. right? We're modeling for them that, that like, we don't, like, you know, yes, we're parents, but we don't always get it right. And we're showing them how to rightly handle things. Now, that's not why I did it. I did it because I was wrong. Mm-hmm. I did it because, man, I needed to ask, repent of something, 
and ask forgiveness because I'd, I'd hurt one of my kids by the way I'd handled yeah. something, you know? And so I, I, th- I think this is really, really important. In fact, I think forgiveness, and we'll talk about this over the next couple of weeks, is maybe one of the most important one another things that we can do. Mm-hmm. Because we are in covenant relationship and love one another, we want to um, also pour courage into one another so that we can take our next steps, Yeah. right? And, and I think, if I could say it this way, um, and this is really important in parenting, but it's really important, I think, in every relationship that you're in. Call up, don't call out. You hear what I'm saying? Call up, mm-hmm. call them to another level. And when you think of parenting, it can, if you're parenting out of frustration, it can get so easy, or you're in a group, or you're doing life, and you can get so frustrated with the other person, which is probably where I was at this week. And, and I called something out that left somebody, left, left one of my kids feeling discouraged versus calling them up mm-hmm. to another level, Yeah. right? And I think, as Jenny said, man, learn to see the gifts and the callings and the yeah. unique personalities and the things that God has built in, not just to your kids, but into your spouse, into those that you do life with, those that you're in small group with, those that are around. We're trying to do this as a staff because yeah. we recognize that Corinthians tells us that knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. And so the natural outworking of love is to pour courage or encouragement into other people, which like I said, doesn't always mean that it's just kind of fluffy words, just kind of niceties, right? I think they they ought to be specific. I think that sometimes they're challenging. Sometimes we have wrong perspective and we need to encourage one another to live rightly before the Lord. That's why God puts us together. And so we recognize that we got to learn to listen, right? We got to seek to understand before we understood. Mm -hmm. And then I think this is the last, and and maybe this is the most important thing, but I think it's important to have those two pieces in place, is that we've got to use our words to build up and not tear down. We got to use our words to build up and not tear, tear down. And the reality is that we're using more words than ever before, but we're thinking less about them. Listen, listen to these statistics. This is from 2020. Around the globe, we sent 306 billion emails. There were 4.5 trillion texts, right? I mean, that's really unbelievable, isn't it? 500 million tweets, 520 million hours of YouTube per day. That's a lot of words. That's a lot. Isn't that a lot That's of words? That's a lot of words. I think those text messages were probably about four trillion of those were the teenagers. Yeah, probably. Send one line. Hi, mom. Can I have this? Mom, each yeah, line said, sorry, write it said, hit said. Whereas you and I send like lengthy <laughs> paragraphs to each I other that you have to keep scrolling. And I you make know. a very long text. Yeah. Anyway, so we're using more words than mm-hmm. ever, but we're thinking less about them. I mean, think about it. You shoot off a text or a post on social media, right? Um, Like, we don't think oftentimes about the words that we use. And yet, your and my words are incredibly powerful. Mm -hmm. And you know that, don't you? Because some of you in the room still ponder and think about something that somebody said to you 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago. And, and what we tend to do, in fact, our human brains, psychologists tell us, that our brains are more wired to attach those memories to negative words than to positive words. Yeah. And so you recognize that words have power. In fact, that's what it says in Proverbs 18, 21. The tongue has the power 
of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Yeah. And, and we, because we're created in the image and likeness of God, remember in Genesis, God, what did he say? He spoke and worlds got created. Yeah. And I think it's really important for us to recognize and understand that when we speak, there's life and there's death in the power of yeah. our tongue. And it's why we said earlier that, that an evidence of spiritual maturity, of becoming more and more like Jesus, is how we choose to use our words. Do we use our words to build up or do we use our words to tear down? Mm -hmm. You know, Harvard Business uh, Review, they did a study a number of years ago uh, on the number of positive words and the number of negative words that got used, um, to, and then they mm -hmm. connected it to kind of productivity. And what they discovered, in fact, um, a guy by the name of John Gottman, he's an American um, psychologist, um, he choose, chose to focus on kind of what does that do to marriage? And there's been all these other studies on what it does to kids and workplace and all this kind of stuff. Every single study discovered this that it takes five positive words, specifically 5.67 positive words. They didn't round up for some reason. But anyway, it took five positive yeah. words for every one negative word. Yeah. And the reason why is because our brains are wired in such a way that we attach greater meaning to mm -hmm. a negative word than we do a positive word. Yeah. And what am I trying to communicate? Well, science just proves what the Bible teaches us. Mm -hmm. If God, your heavenly Father, is an encourager, if Jesus the Son, if the Holy Spirit are all right. encouragers, if David encouraged himself in the Lord, yeah. and then the Bible teaches us that then because we've found your encouragement in him, we're supposed to turn around and encourage other people. I think it's what sets the body of Christ apart. I think it's what sets this covenant community apart. It's what makes us yeah. different, that we are supposed to be those who put courage into one another. And I, I know I've had some friends in my life mm -hmm. over the years that, that honestly, Jenny and I wouldn't be here today yeah. if it wasn't for those yeah. who encouraged That's us. true. Who <laughs> spoke words of encouragement. That when we were depressed, when we were discouraged, when we were distressed and distraught and not knowing where yeah. to turn in life, there were people that have come alongside of us and spoke courage into us. That's true. I have a good friend, Ranji, yeah. who... You know, I never question his love. No. I know he loves me. We don't see each other that much. We don't even talk that frequently anymore just because our worlds are spinning in different spheres. Yeah. But, but he's a guy that has been constantly there. Larry, he's 83. He's over in New York City or over in upstate New York. New York. Yeah. Uh, Rick, who just moved back to New York. Like I've, I've had people in my constantly life, as of you, and we have in our, in our marriage yeah. that are pouring courage into us yeah. to give us the courage to turn away from sin, to change our perspective, to take a step of faith, to say, God, I'm willing to, I don't, it doesn't make sense to me. I don't have every I dotted and every T crossed, but we're willing to step into that space yeah. because God, a gift from God, was those around us who were pouring courage yeah. into us. It's true. And so, you know, one of the things that I recognize, and I hope that the really the big idea that you walk away with today is that encouragement, the command in scripture to encourage one another is not just to speak niceties to one another, though that's, that's part of it, but it's actually to fill each other with courage. Yeah. That after that conversation, I'm like, you know what? 
I can go fight this fight. I can take mm-hmm. that next step. I can move in that direction. I can take a step of faith yeah. because of the encouragement that I found in other people. And so we're simply going to close today. I don't even know if there's any music. This might be the rawest close <laughs> ever. Because I, as I prepared today, I felt like what the Lord wanted us to do was not yeah. to go, okay, well, I'm looking for someone to encourage me. Because <laughs> that could be one of the things that we do, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Like we, we could literally walk out of here and go, well, come on, somebody encourage me. <laughs> the pastor talked about it, right? Encourage me, right? <laughs> but actually, that's not the teaching of Scripture. Yeah. The teaching of Scripture is that I find encouragement in the Lord and my responsibility is to encourage that's now right. other people. Yeah. And so here's what I want us to do. I want us to stand to our feet and I want us to uh, close our eyes And I want us to just pray a quick prayer. And all I'm going to do is I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. to put somebody, maybe it's a few people, in your heart, on your mind right now, people that God wants you to actually encourage them. And so, Father, this morning, we thank you for your word. We thank you for our time together. Lord Jesus, I pray that, Lord, as we... Father, close our time together, that, Lord, we would, Father, walk out of this place, Lord Jesus, seeking to encourage one another. Lord, we recognize that, Lord, uh, any, any number of us in this room, Father, need encouragement. And, Father, I pray that, Lord, first and foremost, that we would find our courage, find our encouragement in you. But, Lord Jesus, you've put us together as a family as, as, as brothers and sisters in Christ. And so, Lord, as we head out of this place today, Father, I pray that, Lord Jesus, there might even be a prompting that you, by your Holy Spirit, might, Father, prompt each one of us that, Lord Jesus, hey, I'm supposed to go encourage so-and-so. I, I, I feel this strange sense that I am just go over and there's just this word that maybe God puts on your heart mm-hmm. for somebody else today. And so, Lord, I pray that, Lord Jesus, as we leave this place today, That, Lord, we would leave, Lord Jesus, being those who are encouragers one of another. Lord, let us encourage husbands and wives, our spouses. Lord, let us be, as parents, encouragers, putting courage into our kids, calling them up, calling them, Father God, not out, but up into the purposes and the plans of God that you have for them. Lord, let us be those who are brothers and sisters in Christ, that, Lord Jesus, are pouring courage into one another as we go about our weeks. And so, Lord Jesus, we say thank you for your presence. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the encouragement that we find in you. Let us today go and be encouragers one of another. In Jesus' precious name. And everybody said, amen, amen, amen. amen.